that uh, you know being humbled by the whole the whole thing and the, all the people that we competed against, and uh, it's just a reminder every time I look at it that you know the hard work, not only where it put me, but also for everybody else that competed, whether they medaled or not. You know, it's just such an amazing challenge. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the Natural Born Hunter podcast as we continue our mini-series on Train to Hunt. And today's guests are Lane Walters and Dave Baronio, who some of you have may have seen him both on Outback Outdoors or heard him through the podcast or lots of different avenues, maybe saw them in the live feeds we were doing for Train to Hunt in Reno. Uh, both great, great competitors, both found their way to the podium in Reno. Uh, so we're just going to dig in and guys, how was the event? Go ahead, Lane. Uh, yeah, I was going to let you go. It was awesome. I, I loved it. Dave did a really good job of getting everybody there for a first time event. I did Colorado's first one. I think we had 25, 30 people. I mean, I might be give or take five or 10. And it was, I thought that was a big event. It was cool to see all these people. Then I show up to Nevada's first one, and Dave gets over 60-some people there. It was awesome just to see that many people show up. And then the venue was phenomenal, man. Like, I'm kind of partial to Colorado. I thought Colorado would have the best one. And I tell you what, dude, that place in Nevada was awesome. It, that, that was really awesome. Well, what was what was nice what was nice about the location? Uh, getting back to that, Lane is, you know, everything was set up in such a way that uh, all the shots were very realistic. It wasn't just, uh, you know, they weren't just laid out there. But we had all different scenarios with different terrain, and uh, you know, we had ste- steep climbs that were really, you know, sandy, and we had steep descents and um, twists and turns, and I, everything. It was laid out so perfect. That it was just like being on a hunt, and that that made it spectacular. We had a great showing. We had people from California, people from Oregon, uh, Colorado, uh, Utah, and you know a number of people from Nevada. So it was a really strong showing. And the best part about it was each group, uh, whether it be the the uh, you know the the men's category, the open, the the masters, the super masters, the ladies, the teams. Every group had a number of strong competitors, so it wasn't just uh, you know one guy. Well, there was one traditional guy. So that was that was a different story. But uh, you know, every group had a strong number of competitors, which made the event just super, super strong. Um, and it, it created an atmosphere. You know, sixty something people plus the volunteers. Everybody, the spirit and the camaraderie was was unmatched by really anything that. Uh, that I have done. I'll, I'll be honest. I was watching the live feeds and I was thinking to myself, man, this looks like a really great time. I wish I was there. Oh dude, it was awesome. It, it was definitely awesome. So Dave going in first time competitor, what were you expecting and what did you find? You know, yeah, well, this is this was my first time. You know, for a long time, uh, Outback Outdoors has helped with, you know, promoting uh, Train to Hunt. I've, you know, kept my plan on Kenton's training program, and for ever since I was a young kid, I've always I've always been in the training aspect, and I believe that train training to hunt is such an important part of not only my guiding but also my personal hunting. So going into this, I knew that I would be in shape. Um, 
But the people that I saw there overall, I was blown away. You know, I was competing against, you know, Scott Carr and Ryan Lampers and, and Jared Price. And, uh, you know, those guys are absolute, absolute animals. And to be able to uh, compete with them and stay strong against them, uh, you know, all together. I mean, it was a, it was jockeying. Nobody could let off for a second or else they'd just get, get past. And, uh, you know, then I had the opportunity to watch, to watch Lane and how his training has helped him evolve into a great, you know, trained to hunt athlete. And then the teams seeing, you know, Neistrath and, and Don as, uh, uh, you know, national champion competing as, as teammates. I got a whole new respect, and it was very humbling to, to see the, the competition um, and the talent of some of these trained-to-hunt athletes. That's funny. You mentioned Steve, dude, Don. Steven and Don. Steven, Don, and then Trevor Leekstrath. They, Leekstrath. Well, they were awesome, man. We got to shoot with them the first day in the Hunter's 3D course. They, uh, they were coming up the road a little bit late, and I was talking to Kent. He's like, where are we going to stick these guys? I was like, dude, put them with us. Because I had got to talk to him a lot at Nationals last year. And so then they came in, we shot with them, and it, we just had a blast. And those two guys are animals. Actually, I'm texting Steven right now. He sent me this workout the other day. He's like, hey, dude, you got to try this. And I just did it today, and I just MF'd him on my text message. I was like, dude, that <laughs> thing was brutal. I hate you right now. <laughs> so, What was the workout? Great. Oh, I could tell you the workout, dude. It was nasty. Uh, so... I was an idiot, and I thought that I would start out with because everything looks easier when you look at it on a text message. Oh yeah, everything's easier on paper. It's on the board. It's like, oh yeah, I knew that. It'll take me like 15, 20 minutes, and I'll be done. Well, I uh, I went and I started some back, and I did basically a normal back routine, and I was like, oh, I'll just do this at the end. And it was 300 jump rope, 100 deadlifts at 135. Um, 100 lap pull downs, 100 power cleans, the same weight as the deadlifts, and then a 100 cable row. And, and you I, thought you would do that in 15 minutes? I, don't know, I didn't think that would be a 15 minute. I was like, I, I gave myself 30 minutes for it. And <laughs> a phone call from a DA in the middle that cramped me down and then talking to a guy at the end of the gym has been looking for a bow. I, uh, I did not finish that workout today. And it was <laughs> just a nasty, nasty workout. So... That is a nasty workout. That's a long workout. And then he's like, hey, we just did this, man. You got to try it. It's a good one. I was like, all right, sweet. Yeah, I mean, you know, was, anything. It was pretty funny, Lane. You said that you, you invited, uh, you know, uh, Trevor and, and Steven to, to come shoot with us. And uh, seeing those two guys in the same shirt, just big as mountains, with muscles going everywhere, walking down the road to meet up with us, that's a little bit intimidating. Hey, dude, they are shooters too, man. Trevor can shoot, man. That guy, I, he's like, ah, I shot okay today, but he shot an 87 on a, on a hard course. It, it really was a hard course, and he just shot lights out. So I, both those guys are awesome. And what, what was the highlight for uh, you guys of the competition? Go ahead, dude. I think the highlight for me was uh, – yeah, I had I had a good showing and I felt really good about that. But the highlight for me was I was there with my family, so they were there, you know, uh, pushing me on. But all sixty-something competitors, everybody cheering for one another uh, and pushing each other. And then when a guy would come through, a guy or a lady would come through the finish, you know, there were other competitors 
that were helping taking off backpacks and grabbing bows and making sure they have had their wilderness athlete. And, you know, it was, the camaraderie was unbelievable. And I got to tell you, Will, uh, the story came out, um, a guy that, uh, that we met up there, Cody, um, he's a, he's a military, military guy, spent time overseas and it got me really choked up because he said that when I, when I sat there talking to him, that he wasn't sure what to expect with train to hunt. Yeah, we're all there and there's some egos and everybody's, you know, fighting to do good and show themselves. But the camaraderie that came together was unmatched. And for him to say, Dave, since I got out of the Marines, you know, I'm always a Marine, but I don't have the camaraderie here at home like I did with all my brothers, uh, you know, on the front lines. And he says, the train to hunt competition was the closest thing when everybody came together to a brotherhood of, of like-minded individuals, everybody wanting to help one another. And he says that, that was the one thing that, uh, that was the most amazing part about the weekend. And to me, you know, whether it be the medal or the way I shot or the way I performed or watching other people perform, I think what he said um, ab- above all uh, is, is unmatched. I took away the camaraderie. Uh, the brotherhood, having our family and friends there to support was, you know, that was the best part of the whole, the whole weekend. And I, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, that's what train to hunt is all about to me. Uh, going into this, my expectation was I'm going to go out there and have a good time. Um, I know I've been training. I could have been trained. I could have trained a little bit harder, but you always can. I think you can always push yourself a little bit more, but everybody has family and time that gets in the way. And it depends on where you put it on the priorities. And my priority going out here was to have a good time, to have fun and have that train to hunt experience of just hanging out with everybody and the camaraderie. And man, it didn't disappoint. It was great. I got to meet really awesome people. Uh, Travis Gibson is another guy. He ended up taking uh, bronze in my division. Just an awesome dude. Came out from California. He's military. And he was like, this is this is just awesome. And Aaron Lanky got first. That guy was awesome. He, he was texting me today, too, showing me off all these sheds and stuff. And it's that normal train to hunt that you expect at a train to hunt. You get this camaraderie. You get these friends. And, man, I'm usually pretty stingy about hunting spots. And I'm talking to guys like, hey, dude, let's go hunting, man. Come out here. Let's, uh, you know, we'll plan a hunt in Nevada. We'll plan a hunt in Arizona. We'll plan a hunt in Colorado. I'll take you to my spot. I don't care, man. So it's really cool you meet those such these like-minded people. It's like almost like did we just become best friends yep <laughs> yep so it's pretty awesome and that that so that was the highlight of my weekend is just getting to meet everybody talk to everybody and uh, yeah i made the podium but i i, I could have come dead last and i would have had just a blast man i enjoyed the heck out of it and then of course for me you know getting to hang out with dave and his family was awesome he let me crash at his place and Every time I can go hang out with Dave, I'll take it. So go, getting ready to leave, my wife was like, I think you're more excited about going to hang out with Dave than you are about the train to hunt. I was I like, don't yes. think, I was like, yeah, that, I think that's about right. I think it is. <laughs> I, I don't think it was about hanging out with me, buddy. You, The first thing you do every time you fly into Reno and we get together is say, hey, can I go to the In-N-Out Burger? I think that's what you're looking that, forward to. That was part of it. <laughs> wait, did you wait till after the event for the In-N-Out Burger or was it fuel for the event? It was going to – the plan was fuel for the event, but I got in and we went straight to Cabela's. And then by the time we got done with Cabela's, we went and ate with Dave's family. So I had to wait till the end. But I did get the uh, – I did get the in and out on the way to the uh, to the airport. 
I got to stop in there. And, yep, I got me my in and out. It was awesome. I actually saw Kelly Bosch in there while I, when they were getting ready to leave and drive away and walked in. It was like, hey, fancy seeing you guys here. Turns out that's where all the gains are. Exactly. Exactly. You got to fuel the beast, man. So, yeah, you do. <laughs> Loves in and out burgers. Exactly. In and out and the milkshakes. That's that's what makes it. How how was Cabela's? Dude, that was an awesome event. That party that once again Dave and everyone put together. Cabell's was great. They gave away a bunch of stuff. Uh, the guys at Aero Bandit gave away a bunch of swag. It was a uh, it was a really cool event to just get there and talk and meet with everybody that is going to be doing it. And it's cool. It gave you just an extra day of hanging out, kind of with people. So I enjoyed it. It fits right in with Train to Hunt. We should do more of them. I think the nice thing about doing that, you know, Mike Iazzi with the Reno Cabela's. He helped put together this this opening party, you know, and Wilderness Athlete had had products there. Everybody was was drinking Wilderness Athlete, getting ready for the next day. Um, you know, we had the, the Christy Titus um, uh, protein powder muffins, which were awesome. But I tell you, the thing about going to Cabela's and having that opening event is most of the people that competed had never, you know, hadn't been to a train to hunt, and most people didn't even know each other. And so being able to come together and and introduce ourselves and talk to people, I think made the next day less, uh, you know, much much less anxiety amongst the competitors. You know, you could show up and go, oh, yeah, hey, how you doing? It's, it was great talking to you last night. Uh, once again, creating that camaraderie. And Mike Iazzi, you know, allowing all the competitors there to get a discount that night to purchase from Cabela's, I, I think it really made it special. Yeah, it was awesome. Another thing that was cool for me is I got to meet Eric Smith there. And uh, I don't know if anybody follows following anything with my Facebook. I posted something and I got back. I know Dave did. Eric Smith has a kid that when he was three years old got diagnosed with cancer. And so he does. he's doing all these stuff. He's running. You look at the guy and you'd be like, okay, he works out. But then he's like, yeah, I'm doing a marathon in a couple of weeks. It's like, holy – I've only done a half marathon. And this beast is doing a marathon on top of – He's still supporting his kid. He's got two kids, and Logan is just this little little warrior. And talking to him was cool because I'd already talked to him through social media a little bit, promoted some stuff, trying to get donated to his page and stuff. But then he walked in. I was like, oh, heck, this is awesome. And he's like, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to do it, but I just I wanted to come to the party and talk to people. I was like, you got to do it tomorrow. I'm like, there's, there's no way in and around it. you got to show up, and you got to do it. So it was kind of cool to talk to him and then – maybe give him a little push he needed to, hey, yeah, come out and do it, and then seeing him talk with everybody and have a camaraderie and just get a little bit of a break and have fun was really cool. That's awesome. And I, he might not have competed if it wasn't for that pre-party, so that was really cool. If you were to do it over again, is there anything you would change? Uh-huh. What's that? <laughs> I just – there's always stuff like hindsight's 2020, right? Like there's always right. What did you learn to take forward? Stuff that I already knew. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Probably stuff that I already knew, but I just uh, uh, I knew that putting an emphasis on shooting with a high heart rate was something, and I've done that for the past three years since I've been doing it. So this year with the training, I did it a couple times, and I was shooting at 50 yards, and I had a killer grouping. So I was like, "All right," but then the very first target I pulled up. And I was like, all right, I got to make this shot count. And I was like, oh, man, that pin's moving a lot. <laughs> that pin's moving a lot. And I just punched the trigger off because I thought I had it, and I shot like an 8 instead of a 10. I was like, dang it. So 
I, I probably should have put a little bit more emphasis on the training side of shooting with the high heart rate. Like I tell every single person that asks me about it, like that's where you make or break it. And uh, yeah, so that's that's one of my things. I already knew it, but I I just reminded myself of it like halfway through the uh, through the challenge course of you're an idiot. You should have practiced this a little bit more <laughs> instead of just shooting with that nice perfect stance and no spiked heart rate. So and yeah, how you know. Uh, for me, uh, you know, I, tr I trained really hard. I trained in a, in a gym. I trained on the mountain, um, you know, and so I felt very physically fit. Uh, I did a lot of different things. I mean, you see on some of my posts, you know, wearing a 100-pound pack and, and pushing the lawnmower and, you know, mowing my lawn, just doing things different that caused, you know, my body not, not just to do a squat or a, a pull-up or bicep curls, but, you know, the balancing muscles and, and just things that you use on the mountain – is I think I think key, but um, one thing I believe that anybody doing a train to hunt needs to go on look at some of Kenton's uh, look at how everything's laid out the challenge course with the meat pack entails with the shooting entails and really practice like Lane said shooting with a high heart rate. There's a there's tactics and techniques to doing everything whether it's the uh, you know the sandbag get up where you have the 20 pound sandbag on your chest and you got to lay down to your back and stand up. My technique was not as not that fluid. And then I look next to me and Jared Price is just, you know, down and up, down and up. And I'm looking at what he's doing. And, and uh, the way he was moving the bag helped him get leverage to stand up quicker. And I'm watching him as he's adding one and two on me. Uh, I just changed it up. And that technique, I was able to, you know, get going a little faster. So each one of the challenge course, uh, you know, challenges – has a different technique and it has a different uh, strategy, but the key to that, I think, I mean, it could all be won and lost in the challenge course, no matter how far in front you are in the in the 3D shoot and the meat pack, just because of how the challenge is. You need to shoot with an elevated heart rate, and you know, a lot of guys that go out and, and practice all year long until they got a bull screaming at 15 yards and their hearts just racing after they, you know, climb through the aspens to get into position. You know, if you don't practice uh, like that, not just being on a range or inside a, a building shooting at shooting at dots, um, you're gonna have a tough time. Yeah, and then those guys wonder why they missed that bullet 15. Right. Like, how did I miss that shot? Like, like I can tell you how you missed that shot. No practice. <laughs> yep. You yeah, know, it's funny you mentioned the uh, backpack getups because I recently did a video on uh, kind of dissecting and giving some tips for the Train to Hunt Challenge course, and I forgot all about the backpack getups. So here it is for all of you out there wondering about backpack getup technique. Now, it is not said that you have to hold the backpack on your chest, correct? That's correct. All right. You want to keep that thing down around waist height. You kind of want to hold it like this, and then when you come down, bring it to your chest, do the rock back maneuver, throw it back up, and always keep it at the lowest center of gravity you can. Because think about it, right? You hold The higher you're holding that uh, pack, the more weight you're adding when you add in the force of getting yourself back up. You use it to kind of slingshot, shot, slingshot you back up, and you keep it down low around you know, waist belt high you know, or as low as your hands hold it you're going to be picking up less weight with less force than or creating more force and then using it to pick up less weight than somebody who is just doing like a Turkish get-up style get-up 
or you know not using any of their momentum and holding the pack up high you know it's like uh if you hold out your arm right you hold it up a lot you can't hold it up as long as if you you know bring it in back towards your shoulder yeah it comes down to it comes down to leverage but you do have to get your shoulders all the way back on the ground mm-hmm. with the sandbag but the sandbag can't you can't touch the ground with the sandbag it's got to stay in front of you and so being able to move it forward and then balance yourself up to a standing position step over the rope and do the same thing in a fluid motion is really key but here's another thing too is the sandbag to shoulder <clears throat> you know it's not you got to touch the sandbag to the ground and it's got to come up to a shoulder up over to the next shoulder and it has to touch the ground so what I was practicing was that I would stay in a squatted position, almost like you know going oh, yeah. back to my back when I was a ski racer in my younger days. Um, you know I competed at a pretty high level, and so the training techniques I I had from way back then. You I look like a ski to... racer, Dave. <laughs> I've uh, you know so basically I stayed in a squat position, just like in a tuck on a downhill, and the sandbag would come to the ground. It would come up to a shoulder to the next shoulder and then back down instead of, you know, the whole up down. Oh yeah, it's, that's the way to do it's it. a lot more difficult on the body. It burns out the legs, but for me personally, it was it was a faster technique so that I can get on to the next uh, the next challenge. This though is that these techniques go out the window at nationals. <laughs> because Kenton just almost doubles the weight it feels like he he adds 30 pounds i think uh, well then you should be training with more weight lane well no and that's what i did so that's what i was doing getting ready for this i was actually using a much heavier kettlebell for my abdominal stuff and i was practicing with my get-ups but i would make sure i took the head the kettlebell over my head so i was actually lifting that like 55 pound kettlebell over my head and then sitting up and doing my my get-ups with that and I would practice doing the throwing method and then I also practiced the Turkish get-up method for this for the sandbag get-ups or backpack get-ups because when you're on an incline it's really hard to do that throw technique so what oh, yeah. I was doing in Reno is when I was going uphill then I would do the Turkish get-up style, and then when I was, like, throwing myself downhill, then you just throw the bag, and you just pop right up. You definitely want some options. It was a really good technique to have those di- those two different options so that I wasn't getting burnt out really throwing that bag going uphill. But mm-hmm. I practiced the Turkish get-up style so much with, like, cradling with one hand getting up that it was just fluid, and it was almost just as fast. It was a little bit slower, but I was saving energy that way. And then when it comes to uh, nationals, I would be able to get that extremely heavy weight because, man, you add that extra 30 pounds to it, and it's a whole different animal. But You know, one of the things is with both those is people don't think about is how fast are you getting down to the ground. A lot of people think, like, the mo- the, mo- the movement is really the get-up. But you can make up just as much time if you can, you know, drop yourself quicker than lightning to the ground. It's like a burpee. That's where you can <laughs> – Exactly like a burpee. a burpee. It hammers my shoulders when I do it with – pack but i will just almost fall straight on the ground yep and then get back up and that speed right there that's how you can make up time and reps that's a that's a good point that nobody really talks about or has talked about is how fast you can actually hit the dirt i think i'll make some videos now that we're having this discussion i was thinking about it already doing some technique videos covering all this stuff but now i'm definitely going to do it because explaining it is definitely not as good as seeing it and 
it's going to be like Dave said. The technique isn't going to be pretty. You know, I'm not going to be standing up, unlocking my hips on those get up or on the uh, ground to shoulders. <laughs> it's going to be some janky, hunched over stuff, but it's going to be fast as hell and work. And will, when you get that done, would you send it to me? Because I need all the help I can get. I will. Well, all the videos are on the uh, Natural Born Hunter YouTube yeah. uh, thing, and actually, it's funny because Aaron sent me, uh, who won Reno, sent me a very nice email, oh, and yeah. it and it said. Uh, Dude, it was awesome. Loved the event. Lane and Dave are awesome guys, all this stuff. And he's like, I only found out about the event about six weeks before the event, and I wasn't sure what to practice. And he's like, and then I came across the videos on YouTube, and he's like, I just want to thank you for putting them out there. They really were a huge help, you know, with they helped me, you know, know where to focus my training. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a little sorry, you know, he beat Lane. Would have been cool to see Lane win one. But, you know, knowing somebody was able to use those videos and implement them into their training to, to stand on top, it was pretty, pretty cool. So it definitely motivated me to keep making more, get them out there for people. Because I think it's pretty intimidating to come into such a new event where there is so little information out there. You know, especially on things like the Dave talks about. You know, thinking outside the box, whether it's walking around with a 100-pound pack when you're mowing your lawn, you know, work those stabilizer muscles, all that stuff, or if it's doing that, practicing in an unorthodox form because it really is about the speed, not about the technique necessarily. Exactly, exactly. And when he told me about that, I was like, man, Will's going to love that because he's you know, that's, that's awesome. That's what it's for. He said he just put a search in. We're going to talk about Aaron. He said he just put a search into the – internet for how to get ready for trying to hunt and he said the first thing popped up natural board hunter he's like all right cool he clicked on it and he's like dude if it wasn't for that i would have been just just smoked and he is such a stand-up dude man i that's cool i, I think kent said he beat me by like three or four points and i was like dang it that's uh that's one ten you know yeah. i i only sh i shot a bunch of eights and like three tens so i should have shot I should have shot at least four or five tens going through that. Like that's what my goal was. So it's my own fault he beat me, but I he is such a stand up dude and a beast. So I but you know you know what, Lane, you know and Will you said it's a bummer that, that Lane, you know, got beat. He didn't get he didn't get beat. Everything was so tight. Everything was so close that I mean if you took a breath, uh, a guy was gonna come right by you. It's yep. just you know, Lane is in top physical condition. I've been around Lane for a long time. He's helped me with my training as well, you know, but, uh, you know, Aaron comes out there and he's just a, a mountain of a man and just a, you know, just a great guy in the mountains, spends a lot of time out there. Everything he does is, is physical. So, you know, whether you're, whether you're sitting on top of the podium or you're third or maybe down the line a little bit, the guys that, that are on the mountain with you, it's, it's really humbling to see the shape everybody's in and how much heart and drive they are. You know, the Aero Bandit guys, you know, they came out there. I, when I told them about it, they only had a couple, I think, like two weeks to train. And, uh, um, yeah, okay, turn that around, change it so you don't see the background. But um, <laughs> uh, the, the Aero Bandit guys, you know, they came out with such little time to train, and they said, this is not going to happen again. I'm going to go out there. And they're training, they're training every day for the, uh, for the Oregon uh trained to hunt and it's neat to see that they have looked at it a whole different way yeah they get out in the mountains and they hunt but now they say i can go deeper 
I can go farther and I can look down in that next canyon and I can say, you know what, I can go after that bull. It's going to open up, you know, because of the physical fitness and, and feeling better about yourself, it's going to open up opportunity. It's going to, it's going to, uh, you know, present some, you know, a little bit more uh, satisfaction and confidence in your backcountry bow hunting or whatever you decide to do in the, in the mountains. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that picture I was holding up, that's a picture that Aaron sent me today, and he has these huge elk sheds on his back, and and he makes them look small. He's just a beast, man. He's such a big guy. But he's like, man, my hips and everything were sore today after packing that out. I was like, yeah, that, that, that I'm sure they were, but it was totally worth it, right? And he's like, well, yeah. Yeah, for him, it's, that's what for it's, him it's, trained, it's trained to shed hunt. <laughs> that's you know that's that's exactly what it does too is it exposes you to any weaknesses in your game and shows you where you can make improvements to build up that confidence and build up that skill set exactly for me it was definitely the meat pack this year i was just so happy that i didn't get completely destroyed on the meat pack for once in my life so that's where i that, that was really part of my goal this, this year is to come in. I've been practicing. I've been throwing a 50-pound sandbag in my backpack, and that thing stayed in there. I was testing out this new pack from Slumberjack called the Hone. They gave it to me. I was like, all right, and that 50-pound sandbag and never left it. I added some weight to it sometimes, and I'd run with other stuff, but I'd hit the stairs with it, and I'd go run with that sucker. And I think that really, really helped me with the meat pack this year. And I was very happy with myself the way I did the meat pack. I can always do better in that event because it always kills me. But this time, I wasn't just completely smoked. And I didn't come in dead last. So I was I was really happy with that. Yeah, that meat pack is a moneymaker, you know? Oh, dude, it is, it is so important. So important. And that's where Aaron made up all of his points, man. He just, I think he beat me by five minutes on that sucker. So, Woo. yeah. Yeah, and to come back on the challenge course was awesome, but it was, yeah, that meat pack was awesome. And if uh, if Kenton does what he was planning on with that spot for in a couple years, people are really going to hate that meat pack. That's all I'm going to say on that. I heard uh, Arizona's was three miles. Yeah, I saw, I saw two and a half to three miles where some guys were playing that nasty sand, but... Uh, I bet that uh, they, if you had to do both of them, people would probably trade that Arizona one. I mean, it looked a, a lot flatter than what we had to do up there yes. in Nevada. Yeah. Dude, when that's, we did North the, Idaho, it was a bloodbath. It's terrible. That's the nice thing about going to these different areas, though, is, you know, because this was the first one in Nevada, we've, we found this great piece of property uh, that Brandon Weiss uh, allowed us to work on. But, you know, just the terrain was – you know, it was exceptional because it challenged the the hunter. It challenged the uh, the competitor in a real life meat pack situation. You got to get that meat up and out of the canyon. Then you got to drop back down, and it's sandy and and rocky, and you know everything was. But each one, you know, whether it's a mile and a half or it's three miles, is going to have uh, is going to have its uh, its challenges. You know what, that is the cool thing about these competitions is if you travel for hunting and you travel to compete at these, you're really going to get a reflection of what to expect in the field. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, and a lot of us do, do hunts 
all around the West. And so we might be in the, you know, the flat sagebrush, uh, you know, in Nevada or up in the high country in Wyoming or, you know, it, it just varies. So, um, you know, a lot of these, you know, Nevada had its own, uh, own challenges. Arizona has its challenges. Oregon's going to be different. Uh, that's what makes it magical. Are you going to Oregon, Dave? No, I'm not. Unfortunately, uh, with my work schedule, I work on, I work on weekends. And so, uh, I can't go this year, but I'm planning for next year to leave some weekends open for more train to hunt. Uh, and unfortunately, as a as a minister, I've got six weddings the weekend of the national championship, so I don't get to go. But uh, you know, it's it's just given me more drive to look forward to next year and see what uh, you know which ones I can do, and hopefully get out to Colorado, head up to Oregon, and meet and meet up with some of the Oregon guys that we met down here. So it's more of a plan for next year because I'm re- after the weekend. I tell you, Will. Uh, it was all you were on such a high all weekend and i came home i almost went through a depression like it's over <laughs> it's it's over it's done uh, where where'd everybody go where's all my friends and so you got to keep that you got to keep that spirit rolling yeah at least hunting season's coming right <laughs> it is it is sorry if you guys could pass on words of wisdom to future competitors what would they be go ahead lane uh, well, I, I already talked about the uh, the shooting with a high heart rate. That is that is such a key aspect. And then we hit on the meat pack. That meat pack. Um, get ready for that. Get used to that weight. Put that weight in your pack and just get out. Even if you're just doing what Dave was doing, mowing the lawn. Get used to having that weight in your pack. I know Matt Anderson was talking about how he puts that yoke on with 400 pounds. Not to go that extreme. But uh, if you put like 150 pounds in your pack and you're walking around, then when you put that 100 pounds on, it's going to feel a heck of a lot lighter. And so that would those two things are just key. You can make up so much points in that meat pack that it's, and you can lose a lot of points in that meat pack. And it's taken me three years to get up to the point where I'm not losing a ton of points in that meat pack. So that that would be a really key thing that a lot of people just, uh, it kicks you in the teeth. You may be able to squat, you know, 300 pounds or whatever, you know, you go out and you carry that hundred pounds for over a mile and your hip flexors are like, what the hell are you doing to me? And it's a completely different ball game. So have a good pack for that as well. I have a good pack for both of them. That would be a really key thing. Um, I was really lucky to have the rail hauler pack for the meat pack, which is just phenomenal. I saw every single guy using it, loved it. And then I had a really small slumberjack pack that fits that 20 pounds in there and it doesn't flop and it still has something to tie and it still has a clip on the stomach so that it's not hitting you in the back of the head because I saw some people doing burpees and that that sandbag just comes up and would hit them in the back of the head and they get up and do another burpee and they go down to the ground that sandbag is just smacking them in the back of the head and and you need to have something that can tie down. So I guess those are three little tips instead of one. But... <laughs> well, you know, for me, uh, I spent a lot of time doing um, doing Tabata workouts where I would do a minute full blast with 15 seconds rest, get right into another workout. So I'm I'm changing things up constantly, not just doing the same exercise all the time. And I think it, for any new competitor out there, I would I would totally encourage you to go and check out Natural Born Hunter. Uh, you know, the YouTube videos on, on techniques and what it really is all about. Look at, uh, you know, the train to hunt website, look at what Kenton's explaining for each one of the, 
the challenges, the meat pack, the 3D shoot, what to expect. But here's the thing is I believe that if you go, you know, social media is such a, uh, such an amazing tool as hunters, uh, we're used to doing research. I mean, there's, there's times where I'll go into a hunting area where I've never even set, set foot in it, but I've contacted people, done research, looked at satellite views, whatever. Do your research, talk to other competitors. I guarantee you can contact anybody on social media who's done a train to hunt and they're so ambitious and they will, they will gladly say, Oh yeah, if I were to do it again, I'd do this. Or for you as a first time, give this a try. It's a community of, of like-minded individuals that I think is a resource that you can definitely tap into. So no matter where you are on your fitness level, um, you know, I think you can use, you can use the avenues of, of reaching out to other competitors, finding techniques and find out what's going to work for you is, uh, is going to be the best. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with those words of wisdom, this has been the Natural Born Hunter podcast, Work, Hustle, Hunt.